At my church in Silverton, we did Oktoberfest every year. Oktoberfest in Mount Angel, it's one of the biggest on the west coast, or west of the something. And <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, so it's big one. Um, and um, it's this great opportunity to just hang out with other people from the church. Um, we would get to meet people's relations, so the kids and the aunts and uncles and um, whoever we could get to serve in the Oktoberfest booth. The weather at Oktoberfest is never the right weather. It's either pouring down rain or it is so hot that no one wants to be outside. So either way, you end up in these lower moments, people watching. And it's really interesting, it's fascinating. In Mount Angel, they, um, the kids get out of school for Oktoberfest, and so um, they get out early one day and they have, I think they have Friday off. So you see the kids come down from school and buy, it's all the small town stuff, right? They get out of school, they come down with their lunch money, they buy lunch. Um, a plug for St. Edward's, they make spatzel from scratch. It's fantastic, go and get some. <laughs> You see people who you know have no German roots in lederhosen and dirndls. <laughs> you know these things hang in their closets 364 days a year, and they get them out, and they wear them, and they look as goofy as you imagine, and it's wonderful. And throughout the experience, throughout the four days, there are children's choirs and the high school band and dancers and all sorts of things that happen aside from the beer garden. Um, and so it's this great opportunity to see the community. And so you sit in the booth and you watch people go by and you try and you try to get them to come and you try to upsell them. You can tell very quickly who worked in food service at some point. <laughs> And the thing that happened sort of later in my time there, probably the last, I don't know, three or four years, was these guys showed up. And they came all four days faithfully. They had these giant signs, but I think probably 15 feet high, with placards. They came with a speaker on their hip, and they had a little, it looked like a police radio, but they would talk into this microphone and they would walk up and down, drowning out the birds and the sounds of the people and the off-tune children's choirs, proclaiming that we were all going to hell, that we needed to repent, that it was time and the time was coming when we would have no more time left. It was time right now. It was urgent that we give our hearts to the Lord and I gotta tell you that it was then that I became a heckler. <laughs> Not that they could hear me. And I didn't wear my collar. But as they went by, I would yell, who are you talking to? They couldn't hear me. Who are you talking to? Who is converted by this? Because either you believe what they believe, and you are full on, or you're an Episcopalian and you heckle. <laughs> I cannot imagine the person that goes to Oktoberfest and decides, oh my gosh, the time has come, I better give my life to the Lord. 
right? Oktoberfest is for beer. <laughs> so they would go through and they would shame everyone. This was their aim. And I was so relieved when they left every time. But as they walked through, I realized that their faith is a faith of shame. And shame doesn't inspire me. Shame makes me feel like I need to look down, like I need to cover my face, like I am not worthy of love. That's what shame is. Shame says you're not worth it. And I think, God, that's not what my God thinks. That's not how I understand God. The, Jesus tells today in today's gospel, this parable of the fig tree, there is a fig tree, and the owner of the land goes down into the vineyard and sees this tree that is not producing fruit. And he says to the gardener, cut it down. It's wasting soil. And the gardener says, hold on, wait just a minute. Let me put some manure on this thing. Let me nourish it. Let me give it the things that it needs. Give it some love and see if in the next year it doesn't come back and it doesn't actually produce fruit. The guys at Oktoberfest, their God is the landowner, waiting, waiting to cut this tree down. Our God, the God that I know, is the gardener. The gardener who stands at the tree and the tree, the fig tree in specific in scripture is the people, not the person, but the people. We are the fig tree. So the people are the hope. The gardener hopes and knows that we have it in us to bear fruit. And the gardener says, hold on, let me put manure all over them. <laughs> Remember what I said a couple weeks ago. When scripture promises change, the proper response is... Uh-oh. <laughs> when scripture promises change, the proper response is, in almost every case, uh-oh. Because it means that the gardener has great hope in us. And the gardener sees that we are not living into our full fruit. And it is time for the gardener to get out the manure. And to be sure, there are times when we feel like we are in a pile of manure that was not put on us by the gardener. <laughs> Sometimes, like that crappy 80s bumper sticker, fertilizer happens. <laughs> And we get it on our shoes, and it's gross, and it smells bad, and that is life. But sometimes, sometimes the gardener sees that we can do better, that we together have more in us, right? Lent is a season when we work toward God, when we repent, 
And not in the Oktoberfest 15-foot sign kind of way, not in the self-flagellating doomsday, apocalyptic, you gotta do it now or die forever burning in hell. Not that. <laughs> but repent and return to the Lord to take the time to understand that maybe in life we have, our circle has broadened and we have worked our way further from God that may, than maybe is healthy for us. And this Lent, when we gather in Lent, we remember that we are a people of God and it is time for us to reconvert, to return to God. We are halfway pretty much through Lent now. And I ask you and I'm asking you um, for the most part, not to respond out loud because it's a vulnerable question I'm about to ask you. Have you returned to God? Do you feel that in the last few weeks you have found your way closer to God? Has your orbit come nearer? If the answer is not yes, it could be that this is the season, this is a season of life when it is just harder to find your way back. It happens to all of us, I promise you, your clergy, your friends, everybody has had moments when they feel a little further from God. But sometimes it's about our patterns and our practices and the way that we have put things, ideas, notions, people between us and God when we have allowed shame to bow our heads, when we allow ourselves to cover our faces and be separated from God. So now in the weeks that you have left, I challenge you to do the thing that brings you closer. Get closer, find your way to God. If the thing that you're doing, if giving up chocolate has not done it, eat the chocolate, <laughs> right? Lent is about finding our ways back to God, repenting, reconverting to God, doing it again, again, finding our way back with the vigor and the excitement of the first time. May we, in all that we do, find our way back to God with our hearts open, fully ready to fruit. Amen. Amen. Amen.